Here we go, episode 10, Parts of Art. Kick it off. What's up, man? Not much. Uh, blew some shit up uh, over the the 4th of July holiday. Um, fireworks? Is that what you're <laughs> Did you blow sure. up? Sure. <laughs> sure. That's talking about. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, what about yourself? How, uh, a little bit a little bit longer of a hiatus than we normally take. So uh, so how was your, your holiday? My holiday? Um, yeah, I had one day. Uh, uh, so it wasn't that much of a holiday, uh, to be honest. Uh, yeah, it's, they, were, they really get into fireworks up here, man. They did it for about two weeks. They started about a week before and did it about a week after. So they were like, yeah, let's just do this. Let's do it real. Uh, <laughs> but no, it was, it was okay. I mean, uh, I didn't really do anything special. Uh, my, my, my girls are, they like them. Uh, they're at the point where they're not too scared of them, but they, they're really not that like, woohoo about them yet either. So, yeah. Um, something, while we're just going to dive right on in, I, I actually didn't talk about this prior to us coming on, but, you know, it, when I was growing up, the 4th of July used to be the primo spot for summer movies. Mm-hmm. And, well, it was that and Memorial Day. The, those two really were when... You know, the summer movie season cranked into high gear. But typically, it was July 4th. And I know Ant-Man and the Wasp, I think it did respectable. Maybe 80, 85 million. And I was just kind of wanting to touch on this real quick. Do you think think that that 4th of July spot holds as high a regard as it once did? Do you think Memorial Day has clearly overtaken it? And even this year... Uh, with Infinity War opening the last week of April, right? Yeah. Uh, Marvel movies have started seemingly open opening like that first week or two in May. So it, it just to me, I, like I said, the Fourth of July used to have such like wow that whatever movies opening there, man, that's going to be the one. Now it just doesn't seem to be as big of a deal. Right, right. Uh, yeah, that is an interesting. Uh, Theory, I don't know. Uh, it, it does seem odd that they wouldn't have held Infinity Ward until the 4th of July weekend and, and released it then, but I'm sure uh, there's some reason behind it there. I know I heard something about that the Ant-Man tie, uh, and the Wasp ties in with the aftermath of that, so I, I assume that um, the reason that they wanted to get it, go ahead and get it out there, but yeah, you're right. The, uh, some of the bigger ones that definitely didn't hit those two holidays at all. And I mean... You know, like typically the kids, they're out of school. Um, like just kind of going back through here, going back through some of them, like like you had uh, a couple of Spider-Man movies that opened over that over that weekend. Uh, the one that I really remember um, was the first Transformers. That one was pretty big. Mm-hmm. Um, you even had. Uh, Terminator 2 uh, that opened um, some some pretty big movies and maybe I might I might be overselling it I'm not sure but it just really just seems to have lost its luster or 
Well, I think one thing too is the, the landscapes changed just a little bit, and that may be due to Movie Pass. Yeah. You know, and I don't have Movie Pass anymore, but I used to have it when it first dropped down to ten bucks a month, and it's a great deal, man. It, it, you know, if you if you go to movies a lot, and I don't go as much as I used to, but my younger self, my my uh, teen uh, late twenties self, would have loved Movie Pass, man, uh, because you know it's one of those things that you can just go watch movies a lot, you know, basically every day. And, you know, I, so they're, they're in where a lot of people do have movie pass now. It's just one of those things that you don't have to be like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to hold out for the big, you know, again, July 4th weekend or whatever. I've already, you know, I've already paid for this thing. I might as well go see it anytime. Yeah. So I guess timing isn't po- possibly not as important as it used to be in that regard. Yeah. Valid point. Um, and like I said, I just wanted to touch on that. While we're talking about uh, changing landscapes, the uh, the Emmy nominations came out, and I don't know how much of this you've seen or heard, but the streaming networks really racked in some nominations, and I think uh, the big winner or big nominee was um, The Handmaid's Tale, which I've seen part of the first season. But I've not, I'll be honest, I've not got around to watching the second season. Um, what I've seen, I've liked, but I've, I've just not got around to watching it. Um, I'm, actually, I'm pulling up the, uh, the nominees, but what I, what I wanted to ask was, with the streaming networks, the big three of Hulu, Netflix, and Amazon garnering so many nominations, I mean, is, is this a changing of the guard? Is this slowly shifting to... To more streaming, like that's where your primo stuff is. Well, I think we already knew that that's where mo- the majority of it was anyway. At this project, you know, so yeah, it's just a validation that, that it's true. It's obviously they've already embraced that instead of waiting years and years down the road. Uh, yeah, they broke the mold and, and, and changed everything, you know, by doing program that was outside of the box and you know didn't have all those rules and restrictions that. Um, that the, that the big networks had and so they're able to tell better stories and more compelling uh stories as well so yeah it, it's no wonder that that's the case because yeah what i'm looking at here yeah you're right a lot of it is most of it is is streaming and that's fine with me i mean i don't watch i don't watch regular tv anyway so you know I, those are that's what i watch so i'm glad that that's where all the good stuff is all right so netflix Led all network. I mean, if you want to call Netflix a network, um, I definitely do at this point. I mean, it is it's not. It's not a traditional sense of right, but it definitely is such a contender that you you have to put it right up there, but alongside of them, it uh, it earned a hundred and twelve nominations, followed by HBO. Wow. Which I was I've been hearing that uh, AT and T is wanting. To overhaul hbo and make it more like netflix well you know they 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 did that hbo go thing or whatever i don't know if that really caught on you know too too well i don't i don't i don't don't have it but i think i I don't know if i would leave hbo alone but i mean if you're garnering 108 nominations and you got the biggest show in all of television right yeah that's not bad then uh hulu garnered 27 um well, I'll just run down the list. Netflix had 112, HBO 108, NBC 78, FX 50, CBS 34, ABC 31, Hulu 27, 
Amazon 22. I think uh, the majority of Amazons come from uh, Miss Maisel, which I don't know if you've watched that show, but if you haven't. I know you told me about it, but no, I never got around to it. Great. And then Fox way on down with 16. So it's really interesting that while NBC is still holding their own, CBS and ABC are just really dwindling. FX, which is a pretty strong network in its own right uh, with a lot of good shows. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I just look at this and I see a huge changing of the guard, which it's been going that way for quite some time. Your best stuff certainly isn't on network TV. Uh, it, it's just fewer and farther between that, that that's the case. But but Netflix leading all everyone really kind of was like, wow. That's pretty crazy. When did House of Cards, that was their first um, series, right? When did that start? Uh, House of Cards seems like maybe 2010, 2011, maybe. Is that when it started? Uh, but that that was their first. Their 2013. Okay, so, do that. Well, five years ago, within five years, they've taken it over. And it, well, even, let's just say, really, because at that point, all they had really was House of Cards, right? And maybe one or two other things. Let's say, let's say in the last three years, really, they took it over. Yeah. Um, they've, uh, well, I mean, I, I'm thinking they're still right there. Them and Disney are running neck and neck. I, I don't know if Disney has overtaken them back. So I mean that's to be in the same breath as Disney is is pretty insane. Um, speaking of Disney, speaking uh-oh. of Disney, <laughs> if I can uh, jump to another topic yeah. real quick, yeah. I think we've talked about a lot the Disney Fox thing. Yeah. Okay, so we all know it's been proposed and everything. I guess it's not really been uh, set with a signature print, but let's face it, folks, it's happening. It's happening. It's going down, and I'll tell you why. Wednesday, Fox dropped Ultraviolet from their all their titles, and the internet lost its shit. If you know anything about the digital world of of movies, it's a pretty big deal. So they dropped they dropped Ultraviolet, and they went completely to Movies Anywhere, which is owned by Disney. And so what that means is. Uh, I, I, a lot of things, but w- one of the main main changes, and I don't know how it's going to be, is when it comes to digital codes and what you can get. You know, a lot of times you can get codes for next to nothing for pretty cheap. You know, Disney codes are always very expensive; <laughs> like they're never cheap. The cheapest you can probably find them is Redbox, even though they sued them to try to get them to stop, but they didn't. Uh, <laughs> but so I don't know how that landscape's going to change if they actually say, okay, now this is a Disney um, product. But I don't, we, I don't know exactly what all is going to happen there. But what they did is they took out the, the Ultraviolet, so you no longer have that. Now, and Ultraviolet used to be like the main digital locker for your movies, for all the big – it was that and iTunes. They were kind of neck and neck. And, again, it was, it was, there was a lot of different other little sub ones too, but those were the two main ones because with Ultraviolet, you could, you could use it for Voodoo and you could use it for, for Fandango and uh, maybe even Amazon. I'm not sure. So with that taken off, all that says is they're just basically laying down and saying, hey, come on, Disney, <laughs> take me. Uh, because with because if that deal wasn't going through, there would really be no reason to do that. I, I would not see other than to try to force uh, Ultraviolet to, to be extinct. And 
ultraviolet is holding on by those those three main ones that are that are resistant to the uh, movies anywhere. So, but that but so what that's going to happen is if they do give in eventually, I'm assuming ultraviolet is going to go the way of the bu- buffalo, and then we're going to have movies anywhere, and Disney is really going to be the one stop shop for all your uh, movies digitally. And that's it's pretty interesting because I think. I really think digital movies are going to catch on. I'm not saying that Blu-ray or or Ultra HD, I'm not saying that that's going to go away, but I I do think you're going to see a shift. I I, I mean, I see so many people online that are very dedicated digital movie collectors. You know, I mean, the only drawback to it is if you didn't have internet. But, I mean, unless something crazy happens you know, we're going to have internet for the rest of our lives. It's pretty much going to be a necessity. Yeah. And I think, I think with the faster, with as, as mobile internet improves. Oh yeah. I think that's the big caveat. Like, you know, you can, you can stream all this stuff at home to your heart's content and you can to some degree mobile, but when you can basically leave the house and have, as fast, maybe even faster internet on the go, well, then that's when it's like, well, holy shit, yeah. I can everything I have with me all the time, music and movies. Now, I'm going to tell you, uh, of all of the uh, digital services I've used before, um, now, Hulu sometimes gives me problems. I don't know if it does with you. Sometimes mine just shuts off for no reason. It's like, huh. hey, where'd you go? Uh, I don't know. Um, it's weird. Uh the Amazon Fire Stick, sometimes that gives me problems. Um, there's other ones that aren't as great. Sometimes uh, Amazon's a little pixelated, like especially when it starts. And then it's, it's every now and then, it's not, not, not very often. Netflix is very, very good. It's, I, you almost never have a problem with it. Like it's, it's, it's very good. And the only other one I think is as good as Netflix is Voodoo. Voodoo is awesome. You never have any problems with it. It's very smooth. There's never any delay or anything uh, pixelated. And even even mobile, like you're talking about, I can watch movies. I can, everything that I have in my Voodoo locker, I can watch streams flawlessly on my phone. No problem. Never had a problem at all. Hmm. I mean, unless you're just in Brimstone, you can watch these movies and <laughs> there won't be a problem. Yeah. Which is just wild to think about in itself. Um, out of the three, we watch Hulu the least. Yeah. Lacey... And and I do too. We we watch a whole lot of Netflix and then Amazon. I've been finding myself watching quite a bit of that, which transitions me to a couple other things I wanted to get to. Since we're on the streaming streaming thing, um, I recently started watching. I think I'm about five episodes in uh, to uh, to Goliath with uh, Billy Bob Thornton. Okay, how's that? really really good um it uh he plays a lawyer there is um there is a big explosion out at sea i I, i'm trying to like set the table without giving away too many spoilers but uh there's a big explosion out at sea he's a lawyer who gets this case dumped in his lap he kind of isn't as big as he used to be he spends more time in the bars now and is a typical Billy Bob Thornton character, just gives no fuck, you know, whatever. And I don't know how you feel about Billy Bob Thornton, but I 
he's quietly become one of my favorite actors. <laughs> oh yeah, he's awesome. Did you uh, did you catch him in the first season of Fargo? Yes, yes. That was pretty amazing. Um, like he he's quietly became one of my favorite actors, and I realized that while I was watching this show, I'm like, you know, because I was thinking about a lot of different stuff he's been in, and I'm like, you know, th- this guy's a really solid dude. Um, Look, anybody that can play Sling Blade. Yes. <laughs> right? Like that alone. Um, but, yeah, I, I highly recommend that if uh, if you don't have anything else going on, just want to – because I'd been seeing it advertised here and there because the second season actually just came out. And I was like, well, screw it. They're, they're pushing the hell out of it. So I figured I would uh, – just check it out and watch it, and it's pretty, pretty good. Um, okay. And yet again, on the streaming uh, subject, we recently, as of uh, over the July 4th holiday, fully cut the cord um, and uh, switched to YouTube TV. So thus far, and I actually have some numbers here of... Uh, because I'm not, I'm not just pushing YouTube TV, and I'm like telling about it. I, I am going somewhere with this, but um, we really like it so far. Um, it does take some getting used to because for us, we we have a Chromecast in the living room and bedroom, primarily where we watch TV, and and you're essentially using your phone as your remote. Some people may kind of, you know, frown upon that, but I look at is it as i'm never going to lose the remote so <laughs> you were talking about pixelation and all that stuff thus far there hasn't been any of that and that was kind of one thing i was a bit hesitant about um the one uh one thing i wanted to touch on because i'm not the only one that has uh switched one of these streaming tv things um now this article is from March of this year, so it's a little older, but I think it'll give us a good ballpark. Uh, now, Sling TV is the leader in this, you know, streaming TV cut yeah. the cord. Oh, yeah. I, I, had, I had Sling for a, a trial period, three months or so. Did uh, Did you like it? No, not really. Uh, it was a free package. <laughs> it was a free package thing, so there wasn't that many channels on it. Um, and I just don't like TV, man. To be honest with you, if I want to watch something, I would. I know what I want to watch, and I want to watch it. I don't like being told what to watch. It's just, right. it's just something about me that I, I've always kind of felt the same way with radio. Like I just don't want to be told. Like I don't want to flip through and go, oh, I don't watch that. I want to be like, what do I want to watch and find it and literally track things down because there's so many great things out there. And there's so many things I literally do want to watch and rewatch and rewatch. I know what I'm into. I don't need somebody else telling me. So I, I, I went, I've kept flipping through the channels and I swear to you, like I probably watched maybe two or three things on there that whole three months. Like I just was like, eh, nah, <laughs> I'm not going to watch that. Well, this, this actually, I think it's a, a fairly decent bang for your buck. I counted, you get 64 channels for like 40 bucks. Mm-hmm. I do watch a lot of sports um, and you get all your local channels, which granted you can get with a digital antenna, but currently where we're at, a digital antenna doesn't get you jack squat. So there are some, some pros certainly to this. Uh, and this is much cheaper cable right much cheaper than cable i in fact i think i lowered my bill 
by about $35 with, uh, by doing this. So it, a, a decent chunk enough to pull the trigger on it. And then, um, there, there are, it, it comes with its own DVR, uh, nice. unlimited DVR and like, uh, all 29 seasons of the Simpsons are on there. We, we've been wearing that out. Like in, <laughs> I've actually got it on right now in the background. I've been watching The Simpsons like crazy because a lot of the newer episodes I haven't seen. But anyways, we're we're getting sidetracked. Uh, I feel like a YouTube TV shill. Uh, Today's brought to you by YouTube TV. Uh, as of March, around two and a half million people are subscribed to Sling TV. And then another... Two or so million are subscribed to YouTube TV and uh, and dishes uh, Sling TV combined. And since 2010, that number of cord cutting has jumped to 13 and a half million, which is a uh, now obviously cable and satellite are still still pretty healthy and still around. But much like what we were just talking about with um, with the internet, I think the more that improves, I, I, I think the more this is going to become a thing. Because back home, now, 10, 15 years ago, I do remember that your only choices were dial-up or cable. Yep. Internet-wise. And I'm sure it's improved a little bit since then. But it, it definitely, like you said, the more, the more everywhere that it gets a lot better – then you're definitely going to see more people uh, going that way. Yeah, and like I, I, I would look at my cable bill, and I would see all these little fees. Right. About, uh, you know, broadcast fee, sports fee, just <laughs> little 2 and $3 tack on. Um, then obviously, you know, 7 or 8 bucks to rent the cable box. You know, there's none of that with this. There's no contract. It, it certainly is very appealing. Um, so I, I definitely think this will continue to grow. Well, that and like we were just talking about with, with Netflix and even Hulu and Amazon, there's just, uh, aside from local news or local channels, there's beginning to be a less demand to have cable and to have uh, these packages because there's just not that much. Um, there's not that much on there that Netflix, Amazon, or Hulu can't provide you. So, uh, and you know, you were mentioning the Disney, the Disney thing. Something that I want to keep an eye on is Hulu because I've been hearing little details of how Hulu could be drastically affected by this Disney and Fox deal. Um, I don't know if you've heard about this, but I know Disney has a stake in Hulu. An even larger stake now because Fox had a stake in it. Yeah, you said sixty percent, right? That's that's. Yeah. So, I'm just wondering. I know Disney said they were going to launch their own streaming service. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure Comcast has has some chips in that as well in the Hulu. But I'm just wondering, you know, if somehow Disney wouldn't just use Hulu as their new streaming service, right. just all their stuff on there. I, that might not be the route they want to take, but well, it, it it makes sense to me. Like, why would you want to start a new one and then compete with yourself? 
Yeah. But I don't know. That's that that's certainly going to be um interesting to uh you're going to see when that happens whichever way it goes down. The same thing you're going to see when that happens is all these uh Disney, Marvel and now Fox shows that are on Amazon and 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 Netflix, they're going to be gone. Mm-hmm. They're going to take all those out. So that's one of the reasons uh, that Netflix and Amazon acquire more of their own original content. It's going to be good for them because all those are going to be gone and because they're going to be competing against each other. And they're definitely not going to, I'm sure, not going to license it to them. I, I wouldn't see that they would. Right now it makes sense because they don't, they're not really competing. But, yeah, I, I would think that it's going to be gone when, when that happens. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> it is certainly going to be uh... – Interesting to say the least. Um, shifting gears to something I'm not going to say we we haven't talked about, but I, I guess there's not been any big news recently. But but this struck me as, as odd in in the music world. Um, I was uh, sitting over uh, had a had a cookout at uh, my parents and and our buddy Tuck was over there and. Mm-hmm. We're sitting there listening to Spotify. We both kind of looked at each other, and this song came on, and it was it was a '90s band lit, and we were both just kind of flabbergasted at uh, the fact that they went country. Um, yeah. Now, now, have you heard heard this song? I don't think so. Uh, let's see. Let me see if I can. Um, just play the hook there. Yeah, they they definitely sound just like contemporary country. So yeah, I mean, now I'm not saying it's a terrible song. Mm-hmm. It is. I mean, it's it's listenable. It, it's catchy, but it, it definitely does have a, a Florida Georgia line type feel to it. I mean, but we were just kind of like, wow, that's a. Uh, far cry from you know my own worst enemy so right right well the thing about them though is they never really that after that first album they very much went into obscurity didn't they uh uh they put out some stuff but for the most part unless you were just a diehard lit fan yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah. they lived off that one song so well, yeah that song didn't they have the other song what was that song it was like uh you make me come you make me complete. You make me completely miserable. Yes, I like that. I like that one. Yeah, they were they were an all right band, but um, well, you know, I I mean, I guess kudos to them for reinventing themselves and finding them a place because alternative music doesn't really have a place anymore. So, you know, uh, I guess you get in where you fit in, and that is, uh, uh, yeah, a way to do it, I suppose, to keep yourself relevant. You know, and you know, it's um. Like I was talking to you earlier, I mean, they aren't the first ones to do it. Uh, 
you've had uh, I think the most successful is uh, is Darius Rucker, Ho- Hootie himself. Yeah. Uh, and he- he's actually a really popular uh, country artist, and and a really he's sold quite a few albums. Uh, I absolutely hate his version of Wagon Wheel, but that's a side point. Uh, but um, you know, and Aaron Lewis, I think, is another one. Um, his his album wasn't too bad. The first one, I I, I listened to a few songs of that. It wasn't it wasn't too bad. He's always had a little bit of that country twang to him, you know, in a way. You know. Uh, and then of course uh, Stephen Tyler and uh, like I was telling you earlier, Bon Jovi. I think Bon Jovi. I don't think they full-blown went country they had a uh, a song they they kind of dipped their toe in the water and uh, jennifer nettles from well i was gonna say I, I knew that song he did a song with her back in the day or a few or a few years ago yeah that that's what i was referring to and i know it still gets some pretty good play on cmt and the country radio stations and steven tyler i know i'm thinking he came out with a full-blown album, and I'm not sure if it uh, if it did all that great or not. Um, I never heard of that one. That, that's that's interesting. But it's really really interesting because now I like some. Um, yeah, yeah, he did. He came out with a full-blown album. We're all somebody from somewhere, oh. and it's. Uh, it it's country, um, you know, and and I and I like uh, I like Chris Stapleton, uh, Miranda Lambert, Sturgill Simpson, Eric Church. Uh, I, I like some, and, and I like how you put it, you know, the the contemporary country artists because I, I think the days of uh, your George Jones, George Strait. Waylon Jennings, Johnny Cash, country. I mean, yeah, and I, I think Garth Brooks kind of started this whole thing. He did. Um, he did. Bringing in rock. He did. Yeah. I mean, he still he still kept that country root in there, but some of these today, I mean, you can't differentiate them from uh, an early version of a pop pop artist. You know, it it definitely is a different world. I like. I tend to like the old stuff with those all those artists you just mentioned uh, more so, but yeah, it's definitely a different world out there now. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I like the older stuff, but there is a handful of the newer stuff that I do enjoy. But I mean, you look at Eric church and Chris Stapleton, they're damn near Southern rock. So, right. I mean, it's, uh, so it, it will be, or would be an easy transition for someone like lit or even Steven Tyler to maybe, you know, dial it back just a little, throw in a couple babies and drinking, having a good time, and then bam, you're a country artist. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, and, and like I said, Jewel did the same thing. You know, she was a folk. She was kind of folky and then poppy, and then she went country, and I think she's back to pop again. I don't know exactly, but yeah, she was. She went there for a little while. Yeah, and I mean, it's like you said. You know, kudos to them for. Uh, for finding a new audience and uh, staying relevant, it just kind of wait. Didn't didn't Brett Michaels do that once? Once too? No, good thing. I'm thinking. I'm thinking he kind of dabbled in it there. Pretty sure he did. Yeah. Which I'm still absolutely shocked was made into a show. Like, what was the pitch for that show? 
you have you have a lot of groupies, huh? <laughs> I can pick them. Well, why don't we just make it into a show? Okay, like that literally was what that show was, and it was a huge hit for a couple years. Right, sitting there watching it, like, like that would I am almost positive that show would not happen now. In the, and I'm not saying this, you know, as a backhanded compliment or you know meaning anything, but in the Me Too generation, I honestly think that they realize how offensive that show is. Like, <laughs> Like how bad towards women that show is. Yeah. But anyways, that's you know, uh, yeah, that's I think uh, I think that's all I've got or all I had that I wanted to talk about. Uh, mainly streaming and uh, people going country. Um, what about you? What uh, what else do you have? Not much really. I'll just run through the some things I've been watching over these last few weeks. There's a few, so I'll try to go. I'll try to go through them faster this time uh th- first thing i saw was chronically metropolitan this is a comedy drama um it's okay it's about um these two writers father and son writers uh the son uh, the son is can't she wrote a book and it was kind of about his ex and now she's all pissed off about it and uh and his father's kind of like a, a famous author and he's living the splendors of all that um, and it's kind of just a drama based around their family and, and everything. But one of the main things was that touched upon is if you're with an artist, you kind of see parts of your life live through their art, which I think is oftentimes true. So with that, I kind of enjoyed it, you know, just being a writer and, you know, how, cause it, it does happen. Real life does filter into your work sometimes. Sometimes uh, purposely, sometimes just subconsciously, I think. Yeah. Up next was Leviathan, the story of Hellraiser and Hellbound Hellraiser 2. Hmm. Uh, it's just a documentary about the two movies. Uh, it was okay. It had a few um, interesting factoids about the, the two movies, but I think overall the, the the documentary was just kind of boring. It was just it was very simple and just, you know, people just talking, nothing and it wasn't too outrageous, you know. <laughs> it wasn't too compelling, I guess you'd say. Uh, up next was the Monster Squad. Have you seen this movie? Monster Squad. Um, I don't think so. Okay, that's got to be on your list. You've got to watch this movie. This came out in uh, 1987. And if you liking it and you liking Stranger Things, this is perfect in that in that genre um it's about this group group of young boys who um are confronted by the the big monsters count dracula wolfman frankenstein the mummy uh the creature from the black lagoon all of them are in there but it's a it's a comedy say like um stranger thing with the goonies or something one of the quotes is one of the little boys is trying facing off against the werewolf and and another one says uh Kick him, kick him in the nuts or something, and uh, the guy's the, the boy says, "Oh, I can't. He, don't, he doesn't have nards." And he kicks him, and he falls down. And he goes, "Wolfman got nards." It, it's uh, it's 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 great. I can't recommend it more. It was on Netflix uh, for a while. I don't know if it's still on there. It's free on Prime right now, though. Okay. So I do definitely recommend that. I think you would like that one. I uh, did a rewatch of the Flatliners, the new one. Really know why, but <laughs> uh, I mean it's an okay movie. It just doesn't really do 
much to far, to further the story of the of Flatliners. It's more, in a way, kind of a remake in a way because it really is basically the same thing. And it doesn't. And you know, compare the two movies together. The first one, hands down, way. Better. Next movie was Hitchcock. Uh, I watched this movie three or four times. I, I I love this movie. I don't know why. It's a drama about the making of Psycho. Really, uh, stars uh, Anthony Hopkins and Helen uh, Mirren and Scarlett Johansson. Um, it's really good. Like it really just kind of gets behind the details of how Psycho got made. And I do love Psycho, so I'm always interested in stuff about. Uh, up next was Life. Have you seen this movie? This uh, sci-fi horror movie with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and uh, Ryan Reynolds. I haven't, um, but I do know the movie you're talking. Or yeah, you're referring to. So yeah. I actually started watching this when it first came out, not too long ago. It first came out, uh, and I got to a point where, where it wasn't that far in the movie, and I was like, yeah, I'm done with this. <laughs> so I went back and, and, and rewatched it. And it's a pretty good movie. It's not bad. I mean, you know, you can't help but compare it to Aliens and Alien, and yeah, it just definitely doesn't uh, compete with those. But yeah, it's it's not a bad movie. Uh, next was a rewatch of Misery. You've seen that? It has been quite a yeah. while, but I have yeah. seen it. Yeah, that uh, foot scene, man. Whew, it gets me every time, every time. Crazy. Up next was Shocker by Wes Craven. Have you seen this one? You know I have. Uh, doesn't he? Now that one has been quite a while too. But wasn't there a scene with a recliner or a chair or something in that? Or am I just being an idiot? It seems like the uh, the main villain like took over a chair or a recliner or something. I remember something about a piece of furniture in this film. Well, he's sent to death in an electric chair. That's one thing um it's a lot like fallen and jason goes to hell again but this one came out first i don't know it's, it's very similar to that though uh this serial killer gets fried to death in an electric chair but he comes back in certain ways um i saw this on tv years ago so maybe all the good parts were cut out um it's okay it's really i think unintentionally well it is a comedy but i think it's some of it's not you know, supposed to be as funny as it is. It's just goofy funny. Yeah, but uh, it, it wasn't too bad. Up next was Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. Now, that's a movie that I've had on my list for a while, but I've just never gotten around to watching. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. I like it. Um, I don't really know if the title fits it completely. Just because, like, okay, it is Nick and Nora, but, like, really, his the, the main part of the story, he is just – totally uh after this other girl just like totally uh like love strick stricken with her like you know trying to follow her around like a puppy so it, it i mean and it, they're all musicians and stuff though it is music based but um i feel like a lot of the music in it is kind of overshadowed i mean you don't really it's not like one of those big movies where it's like oh, the soundtrack really takes you away you know there are some songs that are are, are Definite there, but yeah, I mean, worth a watch. I, I'd recommend it for a watch. Yeah, I uh, did a revisit of A Quiet Place uh, this time with my kids around, so I still have not watched A Quiet Place in A Quiet Place yet. Uh, <laughs> at some point, I'll get there and I'll tell you how the movie is. But I, I do, I do love the movie. I think it's fantastic. It, it, uh, it, um, even better the second time around. It, it, it's a really good movie. It's probably, uh, it's, it's right there with the Hereditary. It's my two favorite of horror of this year so far. Did a uh, rewatch of Tusk. Have you seen this Kevin Smith movie? No, I have not. So, remember our last episode I was talking about how um, Red State wasn't really a horror movie, I felt. 
this is a horror movie. This is definitely this is probably Kevin's true horror movie because it's it's really messed up. Um, it's really weird, and you know, and this is the point where Kevin has really taken a turn. <laughs> the the old Kevin Smith who did Clerks and Marats and Chasing Amy. This is a different era of his filmmaking, let me tell you. And it kind of continues so far uh, from here on out with what I've seen. But this is, it's, it's interesting. Uh, I like it, but it's, it's definitely um, weird. Johnny Depp's in here playing a really ridiculous um, kind of for hire detective or whatever. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's, it's watchable. I, I, I do enjoy it, but it is definitely weird. Uh, up next is Legend, 1985. Tom Cruise. Uh, Tom. Yeah, Tim Curry. Yes. Yeah. yeah, this is a rewatch. I, I really like this movie. I, I kept thinking, like, why, why don't they make movies like this anymore? You know? It's so weird that in the 80s, they were making all these elaborate set pieces with all these amazing things. And maybe it's just because it had to be made practically, but it just looked fantastic, you know? Even yeah. though somewhat silly in, in parts. But but now, it's like, I, you just don't see too much. I mean, the CGI, you know, it, I don't know. It's just, it's just a different different feel for movies, I think. Um, up next was rewatch of Arachnophobia. Yeah. Is- no. No, I, I had, I've, I've seen a little bit of it, and no. no. I, that is... That is a horror movie that I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> oh no, you gotta watch this one. This one's great because John Goodman is fantastic in it as playing the really off the wall goofy um, uh, exterminator. Uh, yeah, I mean it's I mean it's PG thirteen. It's not bad, you know. It's not terrible. Yeah, there's some spiders in it though. <laughs> That's not yeah. your thing. That's not your thing. Spiders. Yeah, you know, I used to have two tarantulas, so uh, I, I I don't, but I don't think it ever really uh, cured me of like seeing creepy, seeing spiders as being creepy. Because if I see one in the corner late at night, you know, I'm like, yeah, that's creepy as shit. Uh, up next was Troll Hunter. Did a rewatch of this movie, Troll Hunter. This is the not the animated thing. This is the uh, found footage. That's really good. Oh, yeah, so. oh, yeah. I, but this is not that. This is the found footage horror. Movie of 2010. Have you seen this one? I am not. It's it's on Netflix right now. It's I, I think I liked it better the first time I watched it. This time I'm like, well, but the the, the trolls are pretty good, I guess, for um, found footage. Um, I, it's okay. Uh, up next was a new movie called Distorted. This uh, just came out. Christina Ricci, John Cusack. Huh. A couple moves into an isolated, modern, safe apartment building with the CCTV after the wife has problems with nightmares. However, something's not quite right with the building. Um, this one kind of tries to be They Live, I feel like, a little bit. Kind of like They Live mixed with a ring <laughs> or something, because there's a lot of really fast, horrific images in this one. Uh, it, it was all right. It was it was decent watch. Uh Again, I kind of felt like it was it was really leaning toward those two movies, but yeah, it wasn't it wasn't too bad. Uh, up next was In Darkness. This is a new film with um, <clears throat> Natalie Dormer. Natalie Dormer, uh, she did that movie, The Forest, 
that everybody hated, but I kind of like This one is a blind musician. Here's a murder committed in the apartment upstairs from hers that sends her down a dark path into London's gritty criminal underworld. I liked it. I liked it better than I thought I would. I'll tell you that. Because like, just hearing that and seeing the trailer, I'm like, oh, well, I know exactly what this movie is. And there was enough twists to be like, oh, okay. So it did go a few different ways. Uh, I mean, once you get like midway through, there are some things you're like, oh, I know what where it's going now. But it does set you up uh, for one thing. It does kind of turn it a little bit. So it's enough to keep it, keep it interesting, you know. But it wasn't like fantastic or not or anything like that. Up next was Super Troopers 2. That is on my radar. I have seen it. Uh, I've not seen it, but I've seen it to watch. And I've actually forgot about it coming out until I've seen it again to watch. First one. Are you a fan of the first one? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Not as big as some people. I know some people quote it all the time. And, I mean, it, it was a funny right. film. Yeah. I, I like the first one. I think it's really funny. Um, I think it it's right up there, you know. Yeah, it it's pretty funny. They just continue. They from the very start, they're just like right 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 back into that world world. So yeah, I, I thought it was good. It was good, and it it is strange because I mean, damn, how long has it been since that last one came out? You know, and it and it looks like they haven't, you know, they didn't miss a beat. Really, it was. Uh, oh, let me see here. Um, jeez. Two thousand, two thousand one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So two thousand. So that's yeah. So seventeen years and bam. I mean, it literally feels like it could have came out last year. I mean, it's crazy. Uh, but that's that's yeah. That's uh, true dedication there. You know, they're all good friends. They call themselves what is it? Broken Lizard and uh, and all that. So yeah. Up next was Ready Player One. Aha. Uh-huh. I got into watching that. Um, I really really liked it. I thought it was really good. Love, love a lot of the uh, the things going on in there. A lot of the things inside the world. A lot of the video game avatars, if you will. Absolutely love the shining uh, part. I thought that was amazing. That was, that was yeah. definitely my favorite part for me. But yeah, I mean, I thought it was good, man. The story was was pretty pretty tight, and um, it worked. It, it was uh, overall a really really good movie. If you ever played video games, and again, I'm not into video games like I used to be. I don't play really at all, but I used to, you know. If you if you ever were or, or still are, I mean, I think you'll enjoy this movie. Almost definitely. It, um, yeah, I would agree. It was a very, uh, very solid movie. And I haven't watched some of uh, Spielberg's uh, movies, uh, previous ones, but I, I feel like this is the one that really he's – he is kind of definitely hitting that uh, that younger generation and, and what they're into, you know, because this is this is definitely with the virtual reality, you know, now a thing of reality. That's that's definitely right there uh, on the precipice of, of what's going on. The finger on the pulse, if you will. Uh, up next is Fear of Echoes to the Homecoming. Have you seen this? <laughs> I haven't. Yeah. I haven't. I don't know. I was even aware they made us think well, of that. You're better off. Uh, this one was. This one was Rob, Rob Lowe starred in this one. I really liked the first one. Uh, I know it got overshadowed by um, Sixth Sense when it came out, but I liked it. Uh, but this one is horrible. This one, uh, I could. It tried to be preachy, man, and I. I don't know. I just didn't. I wasn't behind it. It just wasn't my thing. Uh, up next was I Feel Pretty. The Amy Schumer movie, the new one. Uh, now, 
Now, my wife has watched that, but I have not. So, um, I think it was okay. I mean, it, it did have some funny parts in it. Um, it wasn't great. It wasn't um, amazing. And when it comes to stories like this, I think like Shallow Hal did it so much better and was just a much better um, movie overall. But uh, but Amy Schumer's kind of hit or miss. I did like Trainwreck a lot. Um, yeah, Trainwreck was. Uh, yeah, I, I would agree there. I enjoyed like, that. Really liked that one. Didn't like the second one. What was it called? Snatched or something like that. Um, I didn't like. Not even watch that. Uh, so. And that's the same thing too. Like I really liked her TV show Inside Amy Schumer, but but uh, her comedy specials I'm really not into. So it really is hit or miss with her. Um, and again, like this is a you know this story, and it's not exactly like Shallow Hal, but it really is in that range, you know. And um, it, the joke gets old pretty quick, you know. Like right. again, so there are some funny parts, but yeah, it it does wear itself out um, pretty quick in there. Up next was Blue Velvet. This is a 1986 movie by David Lynch. You ever saw this one? I have not. It's uh, free to watch now on Prime video um are, are you a fan of david lynch at all do you do you watch any of stuff uh did he do did he do maholland yes. drive yeah, i've watched that and it, it it's pretty wild uh, i'm not sure if i've watched anything else he's done i know that one stuck out i i love i love maholland drive i think it's amazing even though you're right it's fucking bonkers uh and uh that and Eraserhead. Is, is pretty crazy. Uh, Lost Highway, pretty crazy. Uh, yeah, he he's he doesn't he doesn't do normal, <laughs> but I like it. I like it. I think it's good. Um, and this one it is not normal either. It's but but I will say this, and this one haven't come out before the uh, some of those other ones. This one is definitely more narrative driven. Like it does kind of. It doesn't throw a lot of random shit at you. It's just what's inside that narrative is fucking crazy. <laughs> but Dennis Hopper's in here. Uh, Isabella Rosalini. Um, and Dennis Hopper's just batshit crazy in this one. Um, but yeah, it, it is, it's compelling enough uh, for a good watch. I, again, I do like him. I, he, he, he creates some visually stunning cinema. We'll say that. So, and it, it's 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 a decent watch. Again, it's on it's on Prime right now. Uh, up next, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. You could ask me which one, but there's only really one that's any good, I think, and that is the 1978 one with Donald Sutherland. You saw this one? I don't think I've ever seen that. One, no, it's free to watch right now on Vudu. Ah, oh, man, I I've seen this movie so many times. This movie is fantastic. It's absolutely great. Fun fact, this is actually, the best of my recollection, the very first movie I ever saw in theaters. Hmm. No idea why my parents took me to it, because I had to be really, really small. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. It really, it's really creepy. Like, this one, um, more so than any of them, delves into, uh, like, people becoming sheep. Like, that's kind of the allegory, I think. You know, people just doing, like... You know, a hive mentality. But up until that last scene with Donald Sutherland, I mean, it's it's amazing. There's some other ones out there. There was one before this one, 60, uh, 56, 
there was another one that came out in the 90s. Then there was that one with, uh, it was just called Invasion. Um, I can't remember who was in it, but yeah, that one wasn't very good either. This one's definitely the best one. I, I do recommend checking it out. It's, it's pretty good. Up next was a rewatch of The Mask, Jim Carrey. Yeah, the interesting rewatch. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I don't know. Well, it was the '90s, you know, and I, I feel like you know, like he could do no wrong there in this period. I feel like if somebody came doing this today, people would be like, "You're stupid." But you know, at that time, it was really, it was really the the he he had he had a had tapped into that comedy gold there. With with those, you know, this liar liar, you know, cable guy, Ace Ventura, all the, all those movies, you know, he just he really had it going on there for a while. Yeah. Up next was Hell Baby. Have you seen this one? I have not. <laughs> this is free on Voodoo as well. An expectant couple moves into the most haunted house in New Orleans and call upon the services of the Vatican's elite exorcism team to save them from a demonic baby. I really liked this movie. This is like a rewatch too. Um, it was uh, directed by some of the guys who did Reno 911, and they they also star in it too. And uh, are they're, they're the priests, <laughs> and uh, it's really it's really I think it's funny. It's silly as shit. It's got Rob Corddry and uh, Keaton Michael Key and Leslie Bibb and just just a bunch of different people. But it it's pretty funny. Just just again, really just silly. I don't think it did very well. Didn't get really good reviews, but. I, I love it. Up next was The Endless. This is a, a new movie. Two brothers return to the cult they had fled from years ago to discover that the group's beliefs may be more sane than they once thought. This was a, this was a pretty good movie. Pretty, pretty decent. <laughs> the directors, Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead. Uh, have you heard of these guys? I have not, uh, no. This, I think this might be their third movie. It's the third movie I've watched of theirs. Uh, the first one was Resolution. And the next one was Spring. And, oh, let me tell you, I love Spring. Spring is pretty amazing. If, uh, I think it was on Hulu. I'm not sure if it's still or not. But um, Resolution is one that kind of got them uh, on the map. And this one's pretty good. It's about, again, these two guys, they, they go back to the cult. The, the one of them can't remember that much about it. And the, the other one's older, so he knows more about it. But they go back there, and it gets really, really trippy. In every one of their movies, like you think things are going one way, and it totally goes a different way. Um, there is a scene in here that fans of the, their first movie, Resolution, they are going to really love it or really hate it. I don't know. I thought it was. I thought it was. Uh, if it it was good, but um, but yeah, it's it these uh, these cult people, which you know, cults are just cults are just kind of creepy anyway. So it it was really uh, it was a really good watch. I, I I do recommend checking those guys out. They they do pretty good stuff. Up next is Revenge. This is a, a new movie that uh, just came out too. Never take your mistress on an annual guy's getaway, especially one devoted to hunting. A violent lesson in three wealthy married men. Uh, they call this they call this a a a, a new um, take on the rape revenge genre, but I don't really. I mean, it kind of basically is. It's, I mean, that's basically what it is. The only thing about it that's different, I feel like, is it, it's very slick and modern, so it doesn't have that gritty thing as, like, I Spit on Your Grave or Last House on the Left or something like that. But, um, but I mean, and I think there's some comedy in it. Uh, 
sort of, which is maybe almost unintentional, but I don't know. But, but it's good, though. I, I, oh, oh, the, the thing about it is different is it's over the top. Like, there's, there's some things in here that go, uh, no, that did not happen. That did not happen at all. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it was good. It was, it was good. Uh, she, she, uh, she, she basically was like uh, the female Rambo. Interesting. Yeah. Up next was You Were Never Really Here. This is that new film with uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Okay. A traumatized veteran, unafraid of violence, tracks down missing girls for a living. When a job spins out of control, his nightmares overtake him as a conspiracy is uncovered, leading to what may be his death trip or his awakening. Uh, this was pretty good. I, I liked it. It was uh, brutal. It was brutal, but some of it was more like just like your thoughts of it. Like it didn't show. I mean, some some it showed, but not some it didn't. Basically, he plays this guy that gets contracted to get these girls that are being trafficked, that are being put into sex trafficking. <clears throat> and uh, and he's really, I mean, the plot is really simple in a way. I don't feel like it's really deep. Um, but he he plays this really just very morose sort of loner that uh, really had a rough life, you can tell. But he gets kind of in over his head with this new <clears throat> job and some people learn learn about him and come after him. So I recommend it. I recommend it. It's a it's a pretty decent movie. It just came out. So on uh, Saturday the 14th, after Friday the 13th, I watched the movie Saturday the 14th. <laughs> right. Have you seen this movie? I have yeah, not. I have not. I don't know why you have it, man. Run out and <clears throat> get this today. Um, this is a 1981. I remember seeing this in video stores, the box of it forever. Being like, oh, man, what is this any good? I don't know. Probably not. I'm not going to take the chance. And I never did. But it's on Prime now, so I was like, okay, I'll throw it on. And uh, it's pretty silly. It's it's a horror spoof satire comedy. That's that's a little ridiculous, but. Yeah, I mean it. It was it was worth a watch. It was. I mean, it's not like scary movie funny. It's more like you know, again, more just just a little bit of satire in there to to throw you off. But yeah, and I heard that they even yeah, actually they did a sequel to this called uh, Saturday the Fourteenth Strikes Back, which I haven't saw. But anyway, and the last thing I watched, I know it's been three weeks, so I watched a lot of shit, man. Sorry. Um, uh, last thing I watched was another wolf cop. <laughs> you watched some wacky <laughs> stuff over there. <laughs> I try to get to them. I try to get to the bizarre. Uh, so this is obviously Wolf Cop Two, and <laughs> you haven't saw Wolf Cop One. Wolf Cop One was pretty good. It was it was pretty funny. It was exactly what you think it would be. I think, uh, you know, <laughs> just a total shitstorm of a guy who's a cop who's a wolf and uh this one uh this one is even way more over the top man this one is so out there it's crazy bizarre but i laughed a lot it was it was pretty funny um what's that guy's name um so and one of the guys on here not the lead guy but um this guy his name is jonathan cherry uh did you ever see final destination 2 um yes okay yeah. Um, so the, the one, this is the one where the guy has the keys and he gives them to, to the lead girl and he's like, hey, when I die, can you go in my uh, house and get, get all the drugs and the porno? I hate for my mom to find them. Yeah. So he had a little comedy levity there, but his role was much more serious. 
Well, I guess now he's just taking on a lot of crazy, really funny, funny uh, roles, and he's really good at it. He's a, he's a really good comedian. He's he's really funny in this one. Uh, so if you like crazy, over the top, gory as hell, um, just weird movies I, I would suggest another wolf cop because it is it's a good time it's you know it's not uh you're not going to leave it being profound profoundly you know changed but it's it's fun oh and that is a mouthful and that is it <laughs> nice um well, certainly some things i need to check out uh so do we have any uh any mics bites this week? Any? Yeah, sure. Yeah. The uh, one last thing I was gonna say before we do that real quick is, have you heard about glass? They... <laughs> what? What is this great product you speak of? <laughs> it's a new drug. It's a new drug on the street. Um, <laughs> this is <laughs> this is the new movie by M Night Shyamalan. Okay, um, is this the, uh, uh, mm, spoiler alert, is this the, uh, the third in the trilogy yes, of... Yes, Okay, yeah, I have heard about this. Yes, it's apparently coming out at the first of next year. Okay. So it is a go. Uh, they are, I guess they already had a, a little bit of a mini trailer at Comic-Con or something. Yeah. I, I'm looking forward to this. This is, this is interesting. You know, you wouldn't think, honestly, even though... Yeah, superpowers, whatever aside, that they would fit in their in that world. But I, I, I think that's great. I think that's going to be awesome to see, especially because it's been so many years since uh, that first movie came. <clears throat> so I, I think it's going to. I can think it's going to be cool. I I, I look forward to uh, checking that one out. All right. Uh, yeah, I got I got a few pulled a few out of my ass uh, last second here um, <laughs> for you. Uh, since, we're, since we're doing the country theme, I thought I would uh, pick a few things. Uh, well, most of them are. So, uh, one or two of them aren't. But pick a couple things here that <clears throat> that uh, kind of more, more rock rock uh, people doing doing country, or 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 what I this first to rockabilly. Okay, okay. here we go. It's a bar for a dollar. People said I get to rub through this way. Yes, so I call me a waitress at the table. And I had her come back with a tray. And I started in a heavy chugging and I sure got a lot of up and down. That's when my world started turning. I threw up on my way out of town. When I should not not get arrested. And I never should have gotten my car. Yeah, that one is uh, PBR. You know, okay. you know PBR is, right? Well, I'm, I know, yeah, the uh, <laughs> the beer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what it is. That's what it is. Uh, this is, uh, the, the band is Hillbilly Casino. This is a... Uh, this is a band out of Tennessee. I think they're from Knoxville. I want to say, but, but they do some. They do. They're not. They're not a big, big band. But they do some, uh, some rockin' hillbilly, rockabilly stuff. Um, I saw them 
about nine, I guess it was nine years ago, yeah, at the first inaugural Muddy Roots Festival in Cookville, Tennessee, which is still going on, by the way, and growing bigger and bigger every year. Uh, this year, this year, uh, the headliners are the Meat Puppets. Really? Yeah. Uh, let's say it's August or September. Okay. Yeah, it's huge. But the the first year they were, yeah, I had a great time, man. They were they were just a lot of really good bands that I got introduced to, and this was one of them. Um, yeah, they're 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 really really good. I like a I like a lot of what they do. Now, up next. <sighs> Will Ride is the name of the song, and the <clears throat> group is Larry and His Flask. All right, <laughs> <laughs> and this is a this is another band I saw there at Muddy Roots, uh, and they probably were my favorite. And it's one of those that I don't think that their albums capture what what they do when they perform. You know, because they have such energy. There's like they're they're an ensemble band. They have like I don't know, probably seven or eight uh, members in that in that band, and they just they just give it hell, man. Yeah, I was really a big fan of them. Uh, they did a really great show, and then even afterward, after everything was over, late at night, they were just out jamming, just uh, just uh, having a great old time. Uh, up next. Like a blizzard in Georgia Or a train running late I call out your name, girl In the heat of the night And nobody answers Cause something ain't right That song is called Japanese Cowboy? And the band is Ween. Do you do you remember Ween? I know some Ween. Yeah, yeah. They did a, and that's the thing. Like, obviously, they're not a country band, but they did a whole. They did a whole uh, album called Twelve Golden Country Greats. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, hilarious. They 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 were only in the nineties could a band like Ween thrive. Let me tell you. I feel better when I'm drinking. 
sounds familiar and i want to say somebody but i'm who is it come on come on guess guess it sounds like jackal but i'm not is jackal yeah okay i don't think i've ever heard that but whenever i was listening to to him sing i'm like this sounds like jackal Mm -hmm. yeah this is off their second album Uh, total different departure from playing with a chainsaw Playing with yeah. totally different vibe there. Um, this last one is not a country thing. I don't know. I just had this in my head earlier, and I was like, I'm, I'm just gonna put it on here. Uh, totally different, but. <laughs> Song is called Halloween, and the band is called Halloween. Huh. Uh, I don't know. They they had a. I don't think they were ever big or anything, but they had a couple of really good songs. Um, th- this was probably one of their bigger ones, I think. Uh, all I had was a cassette of their greatest hits, which had this on it, and I went out, uh, which seemed like probably maybe their biggest hit. I had one called Keeper of the Seven Keys, and the one I really liked was they had one called Dr. Stein. It's a Dr. Stein grows funny creatures in his lab late at night. Yeah, they're very kind of, you know, horror-themed, but uh, metal, screaming, speed metal, I guess you call it. Yeah. That's it, man. That's all I got. <laughs> one last little thing. Uh, um, well, I feel like this has been a... a- Fun, fun, wacky episode that after the the holiday break. Um, yeah, uh, we'll have more next time. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe a little co-host. Who knows? Right. 
So everyone, uh, join us. Um, join us. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't have anything else. If you don't, nope. I think we'll uh, wrap it up there. That's good. Yep, that's it. All right. Uh, see, see everybody next time. All right. Peace out. Later.